Good morning, everyone. How's it going? It has been a while. I think the last time I was live was February 8th. But uh, it has been a busy past couple of weeks with all the different things that have been going on. I hope if you are listening to this that you are doing well and you've been able to recover. I know when an event like this happens, especially here, specifically talking to the people here in Texas, uh, the the effects can be long-lasting. So anyways, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into this. The last time I uh, did the live stream, I went through a very uh, thorough list of verses supporting the conversation that Talkative was having with uh, Faithful or vice versa. And uh, if you're you're following in this book, so I'm back in this book uh, today. I've been using another uh, version, uh, another edition of this book as well. Um, I'm on page 95. So if you are following along, I'm on page 95. I'm in the discourse between faithful and talkative. And talkative is asking, uh, I'm sorry, faithful is asking talkative uh, these questions. And then he says, can I ask you a second question? And then at that point, we read a lot of verses, and now we're jumping back into this uh, response from Talkative. And he says, so can I ask you um, an, another question? And But if you, have, if you want to object to this, you may. Talkative says, no, my part is not now to object, but to hear. Let me therefore have your second question. Faithful response that is, it is this. Do you experience the first part of this description of it? And doth your life and conversation testify of the same? So quickly, he says, you know, in in this first, uh, in this first question, I guess, in in this first um, description of grace that faithful gives to talkative, he describes the work of grace and how it discovers itself to someone's own self and how it shows up in other people's lives. And then he makes it personal. He says, have, have you experienced this first description of it in your own life? And does your conversation testify of the same? Or standeth your religion in your word and in tongue and not indeed in truth? Pray, if you incline to answer me in this, say no more than you know the God above will say amen to. And also, nothing but what your conscience can justify you in. For not he that condemneth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Sorry, I said condemneth. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Besides, to say I am thus and thus when my conversation and all my neighbors tell me I lie is great wickedness. Hey, Lynn, how's it going? God bless you too. So we have have a note here from the author. He says, Blessed faithful dealing. Oh, that it were more practiced in the world and in the church. How then would vain talkers be detected in the one and driven out of the other. And this is this direct speech that 
talkative is ha- that talkative is being given, and he's just straight up being told, "Don't say one thing and do another, and don't tell me you believe one thing, and that's all, and the only sign of it is in your mouth, and that you say it. It's not in your life. If if God can't say Amen to that, then don't say it." And I love how he puts that. And then it says, "Talkative began to blush, but recovered himself. Replied." You come now to experience, to conscience, and to God, and to appeal to Him for justification of what is spoken. This kind of discourse, I did not expect. He said, I, don't, I didn't expect this kind of conversation, nor am I disposed to give an answer to such questions, because I count not myself bound thereto, unless you take upon, unless you, take upon you to be a, a catechizer. I don't know what that is. Uh, unless you tell, I'll finish this phrase though. And he says, and though you should so do, yet I may refuse because to make you my judge. But I will pray, will you tell me why you ask me such questions? So this is this answer that talkative give isn't a unique one to him. This isn't this this response of, okay, what are you talking about right now? One, you're not my judge. Two. I'm not going to make you my judge, but I, but then he says, why, "Why are you? Why do you ask these questions like this?" He says, um, "Unless you take upon yourself to be some sort of catechizer, which I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that." Let's look up this word: c a t e c h i s e r, catechizer. Let's see here: one who catechizes. Nice. <laughs> that didn't help me. I always love when that's the uh, that's the description of a word. Catechize. It sounds like catechism. To instruct in the principles of Christian religion uh, by means of question and answer, typically by using a catechism. Okay, okay. So catechism is the the answer, right? It's the, what do you believe? And then if I give you and I answer you, what is what I believe? That is a catechism, and that's a way of teaching. And so to catechize is to teach someone religion, to, to teach someone the principles of Christian religion by means of question and answer. And so uh, talkative is saying, hey, are you are you trying to teach me something? Are you are you are you a catechizer? Are you trying to teach me something by just asking me questions? But and then so the, that's a, a new word for me today. I've heard of catechism, but not catechizer. Interesting. Faithful responds and says this. He says when he when he's asked why are you asking me these things, faithful says because I saw you were forward to talk, and because I knew not that you had aught else but notion. Besides, to tell you the truth. I have heard of you that you are a man whose religion lies in talk, and that your conversation gives this your and that your conversation gives this your mouth profession the lie. They say you are a spot among Christians, and that religion fareth the worse for your ungodly conversation, that some have already stumbled at your wicked ways, and that more are in danger of being in being destroyed thereby. 
Ooh, some heavy, some heavy accusations there. Truthful. Because again, this is not an actual person that faithful speaking to. He's this is all allegory. This is a type of person, a type of person that we can be. We have a note here from the author about this question that Talkative asks is why are you asking me this? And the note here he says, heart searching, soul examining, and close questioning of the conduct of life will not do with talking professors. Ring appeal on the doctrines of grace, and many will chime in with you. But to speak closely how grace operates upon the heart and influences the life to follow Christ in self-denying obedience, they cannot bear it. They are offended with you and will turn away from you and call you legal. Hmm. Interesting. There are many people that yeah, let's talk about grace. Let's talk about grace. Well, let's talk about grace in your life and where it's at. And these people say, no, no, I'm not doing that. And so Faithful continues to admonish talkative and says, your religion and an alehouse of covetousness, your religion and an alehouse and covetousness and uncleanness and swearing and lying and vain company keeping, etc., will stand together. The proverb, the proverb is true of you, which is said of a whore, namely, that she is ashamed to all women. So are you ashamed to all professors? Talkative response says, since you are so ready to take up reports and do judge so rashly as you do, I cannot conclude, but you are some peevish or melancholy man, not fit to be discoursed with. And so, adieu. He literally puts adieu in here. And we have a note here from the author. He says, where the heart is rotten, it will ward off conviction, turn from a faithful reprover, Condemn him and justify itself. Faithful dealings will not do for unfaithful souls. Mind not that, but be faithful to the truth. Then came up Christian and said to his brother, I told you how it would happen. Your words and his lusts could not agree. He had rather leave your company than reform his life. And keep in mind this, this, conversation that talkative and faithful were having the the end result wasn't to lose him the, the these two true believers now are walking along and this person comes along and is in their life now talking with him says one thing lives another the the point of faithful speaking to them wasn't to just get him to leave the point of it was to make him aware of of his of where he was at and 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 see if he would reform his life if he would turn his life around and, and repent of the of the unrepentant lifestyle that he'd been living or or he would leave but it wasn't only that he would leave it wasn't just so that they could lose him out of their life they there was a per the purpose in this was to see, hey, either we will lose somebody that's going to hold us back or we're going to gain a brother. 
And it says, but he is gone. A Christian continues, says, but he is gone now. And as I said, let him go. The loss is no man's, but his own. He has saved us the trouble of going from him. For he, for he continuing, as I suppose he will do, as he is, he would have been but a blot in our company. Besides, the apostle says, from such withdraw thyself. Faithful says, but I am glad we had this little discourse with him. It may happen that he will think of it again. However, I have dealt plainly with him, and I am, and am so clear of his blood if he perisheth. Mind this, says the author of this book. He says, these are right principles to act from and right ends to act to. In faithful reproving or aiming through God to convict our fellow, our fellow sinners. We all are going to be guilty at some point of blood on our hands. May it not be of the blood. May that blood not be of those people that are closest to us, of our fam own family and our own friends. Christian says, you did, well talk to so, you did well to talk so plainly to him as you did. There is but little of this faithful dealing with men nowadays. And that makes religion stink so in the nostrils of many as it doth. For they are these whose for they are these talkative fools whose religion is only in word and are debauched and vain in their conversation, that being so much admitted into the fellowship of the godly, do puzzle the world and blemish Christianity and grieve the sincere. I wish that all men would deal with such as you have done. Then should they either be made more comfortably to religion or the company of saints would be too hot for them. Then Faithful did say, we have an, uh, a, kind of like a song or poem here, how talkative at first lifts up his plumes, how bravely doth he speak, how he presumes to drive down all before him. But so soon as faithful talks of heart work, like the moon that's passed full into the wane he goes, and so will all but he that heart work knows. So will all but he that heart work knows. Mm. You know that this is this is the the end of everything. And there was a um, this person that was uh, held up in, in the Christian sphere, if you will, of influence in the world, uh, a, a certain man. It may, some of you may have heard of him, but his name was everywhere. And it came out that this man was living this unrepentant lifestyle of sin and wickedness. And now that he's dead, it's come to light. And it wasn't a small thing. This man had huge influence. And this has been confirmed by many that this man lived a horrible, wicked lifestyle, hurting many people. And it was interesting because uh, as I heard someone point out that this man's lifestyle, and, and the he was known for his apologetics, <clears throat> and I might as well say his name because you might know it. His name was Ravi Zacharias. And people... I heard I heard someone say, you know, his apologetics was interesting because you could listen and listen and listen. It sounded great. It sounded great. But he was just like talkative. His, it, it all sounded great, 
but it was it never dealt with the issue of sin in someone's life personally. He was able to talk to many people, uh, including the Mormon Church at one point. And the message wasn't wasn't repent and believe. It was always talk about how great grace was and how great this doctrine was and and, and giving this apologetics in a beautiful manner. And it's it wasn't necessarily wrong in and of itself. What was wrong was that the message of repent and believe. Judgment is coming. That never came across. And now, in hindsight, we see that it was because it never was, that wasn't the case in this man's life. He said one thing, but lived another, and never talked about the work of grace in the heart of man. We have a, I'm going to go ahead and finish this, and I'll continue on that note, finish this chapter. This is the end. In this book, it's sectioned up by chapters, and this would be the end of chapter 12. <clears throat> and thus, thus they went on talking of what they had seen by the way, and so made that way easy, which would have otherwise, no doubt, have been tedious to them, for now they went through a wilderness. We have a note here. Spiritual observations and conferences on past experiences are very profiting and enliven and enlivening to the soul. They very often change the wilderness of dejection into a garden of delights, and so beguile the weary steps of pilgrims through tedious tedious paths. Oh, that we could look more to Christ and talk more to each other of His love to us and dealings with us for soul humbling and Christ exalting. You know, that that is the... That is what my goal is uh, of doing this uh, and, and going through this book and talking about salvation and grace and the work of repentance that God works in men. Because for the longest time, I, you know, I grew up in a religious environment. I, I basically uh, didn't know anything else my entire life other than my religion and I could answer the the uh, I could answer the doctrine I could uh, do the apologetics I could tell you why I believed what I believed but it was all in my mouth it wasn't in my heart and as the author puts it here you know it's one thing to talk about grace it's one thing to to chime the bells of grace, right? But a heart-searching, soul-examining, close questioning of the conduct of life? No, I didn't like that at all. Because this is this was the talk, this was talk about how grace operates in our hearts. And and this work of grace was made clear throughout scripture of what it did and and how faith worked its worked in the in the life of a sinner as he became a believer and as his life begins to change you know i i would read one thing and then i i would fall into under some sort of conviction 
and then I, I would get pointed back to, no, it's just make sure it's in your mouth. Say it, say it, say it. But my life didn't show it. And, and this wasn't to anyone else. Um, uh, for a lot of people, you know, I, I looked like I was doing just fine. But in my heart, uh, you know, as faithful as of talk, he says, all right, before you tell me of what God has done in your life, whatever you say at this point, make sure God agrees with you, that God can say amen to it, and that your conscience can say amen to it. So before you tell me what God has done in your life, tell me, make sure that God agrees with what you're about to say. And and I, you know, <laughs> that that approach, that mentality, I was afraid of. You know, the... The truth was, I was like talkative for most of my life. I could say one thing, and it wasn't wrong what I was saying. What was wrong was that I was a hypocrite of the greatest sorts. And and this is the case with, with religious people in general. When you're in a religion that's not specifically the religion of the Bible, which is simply to depart from sin— Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Take care of the people around you, the people in need. Beyond that, the 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 man's religion that requires all kinds of things and and talks about everything but the condition of the heart. Those. The, and it does it's not unique to one religion okay I'm not just talking about the religious background that I have but it's all all religion is this way all religion will tell you to improve the outside to make and and it will it'll be very beguiling because a lot of times it sounds right the doctrine is technically right but the spirit isn't there I I uh I read a quote the other day, uh, yesterday, and it was, I forgot who said it, but basically the power of grace or the, the power of Christ is made so much more effective when it when it's shared with the demeanor of Christ. I think the power of the gospel is so much more effective when it is shared with the demeanor of Christ. And for the... The, the the fact is, if you're living today and you're a religious person and you do everything right and you're basically, in your opinion, a good person, the, the admonition for you is just to examine yourself and search your heart um, and, and just see. Because one of two things will happen. Either you've just been caught up in religion and your relationship with Christ has been confused by it, or you've never, or you'll find out as I did, you never ever had a relationship with Christ. And you can begin to seek him and seek him and seek him. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek, seek him. He comes to those that come to Him. 
it's in his timing, granted, and that's something that's no fun because, you know, just because you say one thing with your mouth, oh, I'm ready, I want to get saved, save me, Lord. Sometimes it's not enough. Like the Israelites, he wants you to truly actually believe it and get ready to leave and and get to the point to where you are willing to leave behind the sins that are in your life. But anyways, I will continue uh, back tomorrow again. I've, I'm excited to begin the week. Uh, this has been an incredible past couple of weeks, uh, but I'm thankful to get back into the routine of things, get a lot of things finished, but I don't want to lose my focus. Uh, I shared a quote yesterday, if you're watching this on Facebook, I shared a quote yesterday that the, from Charles Spurgeon. He spoke of this woman that had nothing but a loaf of bread and a little bit of water. And as she said her grace for the food, she looked up and said, what, all this in Christ too? And uh, man, would that be our, our attitude today? Wow, all this and Christ? You know, we, we don't deserve any of it. And we have Christ? Wow. God is good. And uh, thank, thank God for salvation. Thank you guys for tuning in, those of you who did. I hope uh, this was a blessing. I'm doing this mo mainly for myself, right? To, <laughs> but I know that uh, many many of you out there have reached out and said, hey, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the time that you spend. And so thank God for that. Anyways, guys, hope you all have a great day. Start the week out uh, with with your focus right and we're reminded in scripture that he keeps those in peace who keep their mind on him that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the struggling with thoughts going everywhere keep your mind on christ and he promises to to bring our mind to that peaceful state like he did the storm all righty guys take care